The myth is that at level one, you think, wow, when I get to level 42, I'm going to feel awesome. But when you're at the beginning of level 42, you feel as insecure as you do at the level one because you don't know what's going to happen and you're figuring it out. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hello there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 108 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I have an incredible guest for you to meet this week. Her name is Laura Coe, and she's a life-changing coach, author, and host of the Art of Authenticity podcast. Laura was introduced to me by Joshua Spodek, who you may have heard me chat to in episode 96. I immediately resonated with the topic of her podcast because authenticity is a huge value of mine. I mean, when I find myself hesitating to do something or if I feel uneasy about something, oftentimes it's because it's not authentic to who I am and to my values. This is why you haven't heard any unrelated sponsor ads on this show because I just can't bring myself to do it. It's got to be related, so I'm waiting for the right one. And when I hear a podcast or see a video of someone who I feel is just not being authentic, I can't be a fan no matter how popular that show is. And maybe you can start to think about if you've experienced something similar. You may not have known why you didn't like someone or why you felt uneasy about a certain decision. It could have been because it was not authentic to you. So, of course, I was super keen to have a conversation with Laura on this show. We talked about how to lead an authentic life, that is, one that's true to you, and how to speak your truth as well. And why is this important? If you speak behave and live in a way that's not truly the way you want it to be, rather it's a response to the world and the people around you, it can lead to discontent, unease, anxiety, even depression, or simply the feeling that something is missing in your life. And Laura will explain a bit more about that in the episode. But I want you to understand that when you can bring more authenticity to your life, you'll be able to express yourself fully, which will allow you to connect better with others, form stronger relationships, and to have more success at work and in your personal life too. So in this conversation, you'll discover how to speak your truth, how to listen to yourself. Laura also shares her thoughts on imposter syndrome and celebrating your wins, which I loved. I found Laura to be such a kind, generous soul, and if you enjoy what she has to share, I highly recommend you check out her podcast, The Art of Authenticity. And I'll pop links to how you can connect with Laura and check out her podcast in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Laura. Now, first, a real quick shout out to everyone who gave me feedback on my question around transcripts. I emailed my list last week to ask... Would you read transcripts of the podcast as a separate way to consume this content? And secondly, would you pay a small nominal fee every month, like $5 a month to access those? And I asked this because I'm always looking for new ways or new ideas in order to get the, get this content out perhaps in different ways and for it to be able to reach more people. So that's what I asked my list. 
Now, if you're not on the list, I'd also love your feedback. Email cc at thecmethod.com. That's cc at thecmethod.com or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at CJ Canters. And I'd love to know, would you find transcripts of the podcast valuable, perhaps to refer back to later? And secondly, would you pay a small monthly fee for them? Because it does cost me money to get them done. So I want to make sure that it's worth my while as well. I'd love to hear from you. And if you do have any other feedback, also, please let me know. That would be amazing. Okay, let's move on and meet my very special guest this week, Laura Coe. Your podcast is called The Art of Authenticity, which I love and I can't wait to dive a little bit more into that. But let's just start with a little bit about your story. And what I love about it is that you came from a place of what seemed like a huge success, yet you still felt that there was something missing And the cool thing is is that you did something about it. So can you take me back to what you were feeling at the time? Absolutely. You mean the time that I, that I walked out? Mm. It was more of a, of a process, but um, yeah, I started a, a business with my family and we built it up. We did everything that, you know, on paper, people would feel really happy and proud about. Um, And, you know, it just wasn't exactly the outcome, the feeling that I was looking for. So in other words, I had checked every box. I had the house, the relationship, um, the successful business. I even had a chocolate Labrador, you know, young kid. And I sold my company to a Fortune 500. I'm an executive. I'm, I'm making great, great cash. And for some reason, the experience, right, that we build up in our minds of how that's supposed to feel, it just wasn't there for me. Um, and I found myself having the opposite experience. I found myself in a moment where I'm walking away from a $4 billion business that had purchased us after selling my company to them and, you know, this incredible deal to find something honestly more authentic. That was literally the words that I used. Um, and so, the the moment sort of happened on an airplane when I was with my brother coming home from a client site. Uh, I was 30,000 feet in the air and I was reduced to tears. Like I'm not a, I'm not a crying person. So <laughs> for me to get <laughs> to the point that I am, you know, sobbing on an airplane, like something's off, something's wrong, um, was a really big low for me because I was really aware that everything in my life looked a certain way, right? It, it appeared to have everything you'd established with success. And what I realized was I did, I had success and success is fantastic. I just hadn't really figured out how to have a life that was meaningful and fulfilling for me. And so that's what I set off to do. How did you start going about finding this, a way to live your life more authentically? I, you know, I'd like to say it was like glamorous and I, you know, (laughs) went to India, meditated for six months. No, (laughs) No, So I like, I left my job. Um, I had a three-year-old truth be told, I was really, really, really burnt out for the, so the first six months, although I, I, I let myself believe that I was working hard to figure out my next steps. I really was just tired and uh, doing very little most of the time besides yoga and having lunches with friends, which after 15 years of running a company was just like a, a godsend. I can't even tell you. Um, and the process slowly started to emerge and um, that it was, 
I was repeating what I did that got me into a place where I had success without fulfillment in the first place. I was looking outside in the world, thinking about what would work for me. For example, I liked yoga. I think I should have a yoga studio. Brilliant. I'm a yoga teacher. I love yoga. Let's have a yoga studio. I made a logo. I did all these things. The problem was is that I love yoga, but I really don't want to run a yoga studio. And <laughs> I like did this about three or four times. I nearly opened up a, a, a waxing, you know, chain with a friend who owns a, a, a spa. Um, I looked into running the integrated healthcare systems for Northwestern's uh, uh, offsite integrated. Uh, healthcare, um, because I was, I was a healthcare tech entrepreneur. I was like, Oh, brilliant. That's what I did. I'm going to do it again. I don't want to do it again though. Right. But because I made this promise to myself to do something authentic, I stopped just short of saying yes to these new positions. And I kept checking in and saying something's wrong. I can't move forward. But that's kind of how the process started. It was just this kind of a mess and it, it was going in a big circle. And that's when I just dove back into the philosophy that I, that I studied. I was a philosophy undergrad and graduate student, a yoga teacher for 20 years. And, um, sorry, I studied yoga for, for 10 years, but I had been studying all these philosophies for 20 years. And I just got really deeply emerged in what does it mean to have a life of passion and meaning and success and fulfillment? And what, what is all this? What have they always said? And what is still true? And that's when things started to shift for me. I realized that I was working upside down instead of figuring out what I wanted, who I am at my core, what's uniquely, you know, um, effective at what I do and who I am. And then thinking about how to bring that to the world, where can I most serve with those skills? Um, I was doing it upside down. So when I flipped that system, everything really started to fall into place. So when you say upside down, you mean you were looking at st- towards what other people were expecting of you instead? I was looking at what I, right, like what the world had to offer and how I could fit in it, what people would um, expect of me, uh, what made sense, like all these external concepts. I just didn't ask who I am at my core, what I love, what, what makes me thrive, what makes me come alive. I didn't feel I had permission to do that. And so I was skipping that step and just trying to figure out kind of, you know, what, what made sense, what, what was a smart choice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think is what most of us try to do. Um, but it can be really smart and it can be really successful and leave you without much of the feelings you're looking for. So now you coach people also helping them to live a fulfilled life. Can you give an example of one thing that you help your clients with? It's just this a lot. Uh, people come to me and say, you know, I, I want to change careers. I, I want to, I'm not sure this is the right relationship. Um, I have a nagging sense that there's something more in the world for me, right? Like that's a big one. And so they come with these really big, big concepts. And what I do for them is I, help them, you know, not repeat the process that I took, which was a lot of headbanging and going in circles. <laughs> How do you start with yourself? How do you figure out who you really are? What is it that you want? When you start asking yourself, what do you want? What voices come up in your head? Do you start telling yourself you don't deserve it? Do you start telling yourself, 
you're not worthy of it? Do you start saying other people won't approve or it's too late? Or like what comes up for you? That's what I call junk food thoughts. It's the stuff in your mind that holds you back and keeps you from your truth. So we start with this question of what you want, and then we start practicing living in our truth, right? How do you live in your truth for one hour? <laughs> Can you even tell yourself the truth about what you want for, you know, for dinner? And I know it sounds kind of funny, but if you really think about it, if you're talking to a friend and they say they want pizza, but you deeply, truly just don't want pizza and you kind of just wish you could have Mexican, do you say that to them? Right? Do you, do you, own, <laughs> do you just cave? It sounds so simple. It, right? But like all of us do it. We're like, oh no, it's fine. I'll have pizza. And you really don't want pizza or because you don't really want it, you come off really harsh and you're like, I don't want pizza. You know? It's like, how do you speak your truth without feeling uncomfortable or, or uh, coming off wrong or feeling like you're hurting other people's feelings? And so, so we just practice there because once you can build on that momentum, you can start figuring out those bigger life questions. I love that because that leads into what I wanted to talk to you more about on in this conversation about how do you find that authentic voice of yours and how do you speak your truth on a day-to-day basis? Because people listening to this show, they want to become better communicators. They want to become more confident with how they show up and express themselves in the world, whether that's at work or in their relationships, in order to take it to the next level and to feel like they are making an impact and, and achieving what it is that, that they want. So on that what can someone start doing in order to find this authentic voice of theirs or in order to speak their truth? Do we just say, I don't feel like pizza? (laughs) Yeah, it's a great question. So the good news is for anybody listening, your truth is sitting right there. It's literally like an inch away from you. You may not recognize it anymore. I didn't. You may not feel comfortable Um, I didn't, but it's right there. And with a little bit of work, you can start living in your truth all the time. When we're little, when we're, you know, I don't know if you have kids, but I have a child. If you remember being little, if you've been around kids, the best part about a kid is if you say, do you like, right? Fill in the blank, uh, going to the playground or pizza, whatever it is that, you know, the kid really likes. You say, do you like spaghetti? Yes. Are you sure you <laughs> like spaghetti? Yes. And if you play a game with a kid, you can say it 10 times. I've done this with my son when he was little. It's kind of hilarious. And you say it again and again. They get louder. They scream. They laugh. Yes. And they get, they think it's hysterical. They don't know what you're doing. But if I were to say to you right now, right? <laughs> like, I don't know what the last movie you saw was. Did, did you see a movie recently? The last movie I saw, oh, the Lego Batman movie. Okay, Lego Batman movie. Did you like this movie? Yes. Are you sure that you liked this movie? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can be like a child sometimes, though. I mean, come on, it was Lego Batman. But yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) If like a group of people kept pushing and looking at you and saying it, like most adults start wondering at least a little in the back of their mind, like, why are they saying this? (laughs) Was there something bad (laughs) right? And we question ourselves. It's crazy, right? And so um, that truth, it's sitting right there. It is it is available to us. And there are times like 
a movie, right? Where we feel confident to say it, but what about your other choices? What about your bigger life choices? How do you question yourself, right? You don't even need somebody else to do it. So the great news is it's right there. The problem is, is that over time, you know, kids left to their own devices, they'd run in the streets, they'd eat ice cream till they're sick. And so you do need to learn about how the real world functions. And also the real world just happens to us, you know, stuff happens, life is hard. And so we get overly focused on these externalities. We get overly focused on what other people think and what makes sense and how it all works and what you know to be true. And you just forget to really let yourself be free to say your truth and, you know, let things Mm. come from that space. And some people can't even tell the difference. That's, that's where I landed. I used to say, if my truth were standing up in a crowd, looking me right in the face and screaming like, it's me. <laughs> I would have been like, I can't tell. There's so many voices competing in my head and I, I don't even know which one is my truth anymore. So the best way to really tell if it's, if it's true is it feels good. Um, right. We've all heard mind, body, spirit, uh, in your mind, it feels right in your heart. It, it feels good. Meaning you're you're calm, at ease, relaxed, and you know, you're, you're, it's like spiritually true for you. And so if, if you take something really small that you know to be true, you feel that sense of calm, that's what we're looking for. We just want to keep going to bigger and bigger things. Now, what gets in the way is the part you have to quote work out, right? I, I joke about emotional weight. That was my book and working out these things, but as you get to the bigger things, if you notice you're worrying about approvals, then that's the, that's the thing that you've got to start to manage and, and figure out how to shift that narrative in your head. If it's about not deserving, then that's the thing, right? And, and that's what I work with my clients on. And look, a lot of the things you just said, it's, I just want the listeners to not get too overwhelmed with it because it, it does take time. And, and like you said, sometimes you, people come from a place of, I don't even know if that really is my truth or not. I can't tell which is which, which is scary. It's really scary to think that. And, you know, I encourage people to just start building a little bit of this self-awareness and starting with the simple stuff. Like, yeah, like, you know, like I said, do I actually want the pizza or whatever it is? Exactly. <laughs> That's why I say to people, start really, really small. No one, like, like one thing that you feel, okay, this is true. I like dogs. I mean, whatever it is, like just own something, get that sensibility and build and build and build and just practice for a day. Do you want a latte? Do you feel like really just a coffee? Do you want a nap? You don't want coffee. You're just tired. You don't have to necessarily (laughs) take the nap, but just be honest with yourself all day. Try it, you know, see how it goes. It's the little stuff that, that matters because it's just connecting to that voice. You know what I've started doing when I walk down the street and I see a cute dog? Yeah. I will say, Oh my God, there's a cute dog. Can I pat it? Like it, like, and, and the owners are usually like, Yeah, okay. But it's, it reminds me of what children actually do. Yes. Um, so my, my partner's a real big kid. I think he, he encourages me to just yell on the street, you know, not like a crazy person, but just niceties at people. And he has a SpongeBob SquarePants t shirt. And he wears this SpongeBob SquarePants t-shirt around and most people will ignore him, except every now and again, a three-year-old will walk past and go, it's SpongeBob! <laughs> and, and stare and point. 
And uh, what you said before reminded me of that and that kids don't have this filter and they say exactly what they're thinking. Exactly. And if they're excited, they'll be really excited. Exactly. And if they're sad, they'll be really sad. That's right. And so I like, I get it because everybody listening who's not in that space is like, yeah, but you can't be like that all the time. And I have a boss and I like, right. I, I get it. Of course. I'm not suggesting that we run around screaming you know, SpongeBob, like, you know what I mean? Like we that can't lady that. has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be in a meeting with a boss being like, oh my God, you know, this guy is, t- the tone of his boy- voice is putting me to sleep. You can't just say that, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. you can be honest with yourself much more often uh, than you realize. You don't have to, I, I think the line that we're drawing in the sand is way out of whack, right? So, um, and for people who are truly offended by your truth, it's because they're uncomfortable with their own truth. And mostly, I think the biggest gift is when you come from a place of, of authenticity and truth and kindness and compassion, like you're really coming from that space, it gives the other person an opportunity to also come from that space. So we feel that it's not the right thing to do because we don't, you know, want to offend or all these different things. But a lot of times speaking the truth is, is really a, a wonderful opportunity to then the other person can feel, oh, wait, they're doing it. I can do it too. Can we talk about imposter syndrome? Because (laughs) I listened to an episode, one of your solo shows, which I really enjoy, and I love that they're nice and short too. You explained this whole concept of imposter syndrome in a way that made so much sense to me. You use the metaphor of a video game. Can you share that with the listeners, your your definition of imposter syndrome? You mean the leveling up of, of the video game? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was working with a client and he <laughs> he is so successful, you guys. Like he <laughs> he is at a top university you know, 10 year, multiple books. Um, if you took a look at his life from the outside, you'd say this guy, he's got to feel amazing. He is just tortured with, I'm going to get found out. I'm going to get thrown out of the university, (laughs) even though 10 year, you can't get thrown out technically. Right. But he's like waiting for that moment, right. Where somebody's going to call him out. He's not good enough. He hasn't, uh, he somehow snuck in the university, like passed by everybody. His wife's going to find out. So this concept came up in a coaching uh, session with us that if I don't, I don't play video games, but if you play video games, um, this will make a ton of sense. If you don't it stick with me because it, it will make sense. Anyways, when you play a video game, the very first thing that happens when you go out in the game is you get killed. Um, you don't know what's going on. You don't know how to use the remote control. You don't know what all the options are, right? You're figuring it out and you typically just die within the first second. Over a period of time, you get a new life. You go back out. You try it again. You learned. Okay. When I jump into this level, there's a whatever dragon or something to the left. I need to turn left. And over whatever period of time, you figure out how to finish that level. The reason I think about this for imposter syndrome is after you finish level one and you master it, right? You're like incredible at level one. You go to level two. And what happens at level two? You step out and you die. (laughs) (laughs) All over again. All over again. And my son plays these games where there's like 50 levels and stuff, right? But even at level, say, 42, 
the very first thing that happens when you step out is he dies, right? And you just watch him and he just keeps dying over and over and over. He keeps learning, growing. So the myth is that at level one, um, you think, wow, when I get to level 42, I'm going to feel awesome. Like life is going to take on this incredible ease and I'm going to feel so good inside. And I'm not going to have this anxiety and insecurity that I don't know anything. But when you're at the beginning of level 42, you feel as insecure as you do at the level one, because you don't know what's going to happen and you're figuring it out. And life is basically this endless leveling up. So for me, imposter syndrome gets a lot easier if you start recognizing there's no real end to this. We're all leveling up all the time. And so don't worry about it, right? Like take the bullet, die a little, (laughs) learn from it. Don't turn left into the dragon and, you know, try something different. And, uh, nobody's got this figured out, right? There's even this, this client at this top university. I know people who have made several billion dollars. I know people who have sold huge companies. They all still feel like, I don't think I'm the person that you think I am. Right. So (laughs) it doesn't end. And, 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 you know, just, just to see your life as an opportunity to keep growing. I've found this on countless occasions. For example, recently I've, I've only recently started launching online products on my site. And I remember when I was going through the process of creating them, I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be so amazing to make 10 sales? Like all I want is 10 (laughs) sales and then that will feel so good. And I'm going to get so excited, you know, even the first sale. And then I made my first sale and I was like, yeah, that's amazing. It'd be great to get 10. Then I got 10 sales and I was like, and now when a sale comes in, I'm like, yeah, it'd be great to get to a hundred, you know, (laughs) totally. It's just crazy. And I think to myself, well, when I get those hundred sales, is that going to be enough for me? Uh And thinking about now, it's like, well, no, because that's like the equivalent of my level three, level four. And I'm always going to be wanting um, to get to that next level. Yeah. No, you're bringing up actually something that is another massive passion point for me. Um, they studied it at Harvard actually, and it's a positive psychologist, but, um, absolutely. We chase this feeling that when I get there, then I will feel that's what I did. That's what you're talking about at that hundred sale. I'll feel amazing. Right. But a hundred comes mm-hmm. and goes. And what do we do immediately? We set a new goal, right? And they noticed at Harvard, to get into Harvard, you have to be at the very top of your high school. And what happens when everybody gets to Harvard from the very, very top of their high school? They reorder them, right? So all these kids are brought across the country to one school and they're all in the top 1%. But when they get there, somebody's at the bottom, right? <laughs> like, the, mm. like, right? It gets rank ordered one through a hundred again. So they, realize there's a lot of depression at Harvard and they did this big study and it was just what you're talking about. If you set goals out in the future and you say, I will feel happy when I get there, right? Those kids were the least happy because that moment comes, the next thing you do is set a new goal and you want to be happy then in the future. So I do this thing called celebrating the wins. Like Everything I do, it's kind of crazy, but everything I do now, I give myself that little moment of like, woo, you know, like you said at the first sale, that like, woo feeling. I do that. (laughs) I get an email done. I'm like, yes. Like I I give it to myself all day because it doesn't, um, it doesn't help to wait that, you know, until that end goal. Um, if you think about football, 
every single time that there's a new play, they get pumped up to move the ball like one yard, right? So Mm. any sport, the whole point is to get those players in the right mindset every single play. So that's what I really think about. And, and yeah, to your point, it's, uh, it's that feeling we're after. So just give yourself that awesome, excited, amazing feeling every time you finish anything. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, I mean, a lot of people listening, they feel like, oh, if I get to this point in my career, or if I can get up to speak to this size group of people, then that will be mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the end point. And I think from, from what we've just discussed, if you can try to celebrate those small wins and every time you give, even if it's a little presentation or you stand up to speak in a meeting, give yourself some kudos for doing that because it's, it's all part of this. It's all part of that journey. Absolutely. The brain is wired that way. Um, those studies I was mentioning, you know, it comes off of like scientific research on the brain. Um, we don't do, we do well with immediate reward systems and, um, you know, it, it just can really change your life dramatically. I tell people like, whatever that little treat is that you love, um, you did it great. You were like, woohoo, the first, <laughs> the first sale. <laughs> but whatever it is that you say to yourself that really is your own vocabulary, like I always go like nice or done or something like, you know, that's how I say it. Pick the way you really say it when you're really happy and then just do that all day long. It, uh, it's like creating an anchor. Yeah. Right. Like creating that positive reinforcing anchor where you do, I don't know, Tony Robbins does his crazy scream. Some people <laughs> like to do a little skip. Some people like we have a, do you know, Leighton Hewitt? Uh, he used to be a f- tennis player, Australian tennis player. He, his anchor was, he'd say, come on. And he'd point his hand towards his forehead. Like uh-huh, a, uh-huh. I don't even know how to describe it. No, but he I would go, you. come on. Every, every time he won a point, Every single, just one point, every time he won a point, he would go, come on. And that was his positive reinforcement, his anchor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's something we can all incorporate as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's so easy to do. You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to pop open champagne. This doesn't have to take 20 minutes, right? Like it's just, uh, it's just incorporating it into your day so that you feel good. Most of us, including myself, I used to have a list of 3000 things and just feel behind all the time. And no matter what I got done, I felt like, Oh man, you know, I got 20 things done, but I really should have done 40, like going <laughs> home, you know, and it's just, it's miserable. But if you say, okay, I'm going to do 20 things and then I got one done. Yes. I got two done. Yes. Right. Like it's just much more fun. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I was more productive than simply lying on the couch all day. Yeah. So you yeah. did something. You got out of bed. Yeah. yeah I did it today. Really I got this done. I got that done. Like, and, and, you know, stop measuring it to some form of perfectionism. Just, just keep moving and, and being happy about it. And you'll get so much more done. I had a client, she started doing this and she called me. She's like, Oh my God, I had the greatest week. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I wasn't yelling at myself all day that I suck and I'm not getting anything done. And <laughs> my lists have lists and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, um, and I said, well, how was it? She's like, I was in this flow state. It was amazing. And she said, but I, I have to tell you something. And I said, what? She's like, I feel like I'm going to lose my edge. <laughs> and I was like, you mean if you don't scream at yourself that you're a horrible person, you're going to not be motivated? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so Aww. yeah, like people feel like if I yell at myself, come on, you should do more, you know, they, they, they'll get more done, but it's not what the studies show. And um, it doesn't really work. It, it, mm. It's just stressful. Clearly that wasn't, that wasn't her truth. That was not her <laughs> Your truth. true self should be nice to yourself. <laughs> totally. Totally. 
Laura Coe, thank you so much for being such a wonderful and generous guest on the show today. Your podcast, The Art of Authenticity, is phenomenal. I've been listening and I recommend everyone go check it out. Uh, where else can they go if they want to learn more about you? Absolutely. You can go to uh, my name, lauracoe.com. And there's also a free scale. I was sort of frustrated by the fact that if you're overweight, what do you do? You go grab a scale and you hop on to figure out how to lose those pounds. Um, I created an emotional scale. It's free. You can hop on, figure out exactly which thing is standing in your way of uh, your authentic self. Super cool. Thanks so much, Laura. Thank you. Isn't she amazing? Huge thanks to Laura Ho for being such a fabulous guest on the show this week. You can find more about what she does at lauracoe.com or simply visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Laura. And I do hope that you can take some of those things that she said on board and perhaps work to better manage your imposter syndrome and maybe practice speaking your truth out on the street. Start telling people how cute their dogs are, <laughs> whatever that is, order the pizza. And that just about brings us to the end of this episode. Remember to let me know if you'd like to have access to transcripts of this podcast. Email me cc at thecmethod.com or I'm at cjcanters on Twitter and Instagram. I'd love to know, would you find transcriptions of the podcast valuable and would you pay a few bucks a month for them? And if you have other ideas for me, I'm willing to hear them as well. And that's all from me this week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate you tuning in. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>